You've been waiting for the call. The call is coming in. Your line of communication to news, intel, and analysis, transmitting to ground stations anywhere on the globe. You're on the Sat Phone. Go. Welcome back to the Sat Phone. Your hosts, Joe Ride and Tuboku. How are you doing today, Tuboku? <laughs> Had better days, brother. Had better days. All yesterday, right. Well, yesterday was tough. Yesterday was tough. Yesterday was the anniversary of the coast attack in Afghanistan, where we lost a number of our fellow patriots. Uh, today, we're going to be uh, walking through the intentional destruction of combat effectiveness of the United States Marine Corps. This is a, a topic that is near and dear uh, to both of our heart, hearts, uh, especially Tuboku, who spent many years as a force recon Marine. We will go through all of the different aspects of what's happening with the Marine Corps and, and why. So even if you're not a military a veteran, if you're not a, an active duty military member, if you're a citizen and you're concerned about our country, this topic and this discussion is for you today. You'll learn an enormous amount about the inner workings of the Marine Corps and many of the changes that are being made in particular um, by Commandant of the Marine Corps, General Berger, and of course also Sergeant Major Black. Tuboku is gonna give us a master's class in what's happening and why it's so destructive for the future of our republic. Duboku. Yes, sir. Why don't you kick us off and let us know what's happening with the Marine Corps that is so concerning to you today? Well, what's happening to the Marine Corps that concerns me so much is the erosion of the warrior ethos and the, the erosion of the, the honor, courage, commitment standards of the Marine Corps. That's that's our motto, honor, courage, and commitment. Semper Fidelis. When you think, if I, even if you're not, as you, as you said in the intro, Joe, even if you're not a military historian, if you're not a military officer or enlisted, whenever I say, whenever I mention to you Guadalcanal, Iwo Jima, Tarawa, Peleliu, Fallujah, what comes to mind? Bella Wood, what comes to mind? Savage warriors that took it to the enemy. Men who were hard. Then they were hard because of the standards of the Marine Corps. They were hard because the Marine Corps teaches us. It, 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 in the Marine Corps, our history, our customs, our courtesies are more important to us than any other branch of the service. We thrive. I, I, I give you a little, a, a little anecdote. I was running a 10-mile race down at Quantico, and we were running through TBS. And there are signs the, that TBS That's just inter it, it, to uh, interrupt you here for a second. TBS is the basic school. It's the so basic some, school. Some of, yeah, some of, our, some of our listeners aren't going to be familiar with all the acronyms, so I'll just ask you or, or... Yes, sir. Absolutely. There are signs with motivational sayings along the route. And I'm running, and, and my son, you know, my son, he was with me. And every time we ran by a sign that had a Medal of Honor winner on it, we would shout out the name, Barcelona Daily. We would shout out their names. And my son asked me, why do we do that? And I said, because we never want them, we, all, we want them to know that we have never forgotten what they did for us, the standards that they set for the Marine Corps. One of, the, one of the excerpts from the Recon Creed is, 
forever will I strive to uphold the standards of those who have gone before me. What we are seeing now in the Marine Corps is a destruction of those standards. What we're seeing out of General Berger and Sergeant Major Black, and I put Sergeant Major Black in here because Sergeant Major Black, Joe, it, it hurts me because Berger's a recon officer. He commanded a recon battalion. Troy Black is an 0331. He's a machine gunner. Both of these guys have been in combat. They know exactly what it's like. They're taking the playbook from the Army, from Millie, and they're destroying the Esprit de Corps, the Marine Corps. First thing that they did, in, in my, my humble opinion, was they started allowing women to train with men. Now, you, most of you people out there, you're not going to like what I have to say about this. Women have no place in a combat unit, in an infantry unit, in a force reconnaissance unit, in a raider battalion. Women have no place. And let me, hey, let me, let me stop you there, okay? So um, before we get into all the details, I just want to set for the audience that um, both Berger and Black uh, were appointed into their current positions, Berger as Commandant and, and Troy Black as Sergeant Major of the Marine yep. Corps in, in about July 2019. And they started working on, you know, these, these plans, strategic plans for restructuring the Marine Corps. Right. Uh, the, their perspective was that we need to start planning, not for the last war, but for the next war. You know, everybody says that all the time, of course, and it's absolutely. important and it's, and, and it's absolutely important. You need to be planning for the next war. Um, you know, we spent 10, 15 years fighting terrorists, uh, individuals, you know, uh, not ununiformed combatants and all yeah, that asymmetric warfare, asymmetric warfare. And, you know, as we look forward, I think everyone in the world sort of sees that maybe we're heading back to nation state war. Um, now the Chinese, of course, viewing the battle space as unrestricted warfare everywhere. It's everywhere. It's economic, it's cyber, it's conventional, uh, it's uh, academic, it's space, it's everywhere. It's no longer, it's not, it's roll out and, and, and battle it out on some open field somewhere or bomb islands or bases. So that's, that's, that's fair. It's fair to say that they, they need to do that. They need to look forward. But what I wanted to say was that they, as they started doing this review, and this gets into what Tuboku is talking about with, uh, with women in combat is that they, they released a document called talent management 2030. And this is where the Marine Corps was essentially going to look at its at its structure, its combat force structure and its support yes. structure. And this is where they started looking and saying strategically that what's most important is that the Marine Corps becomes a diverse fighting force. <laughs> um, and they started putting a, an enormous amount of weight um, on the diversity of the Marine Corps rather than the preparedness of the Marine Corps. Now, they will they will say that no, 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 of course, you know, we're not, we're not lowering standards. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. It's just, we're going to get more ideas. In fact, there's a quote from general Berger. Um, but he basically, I'll paraphrase it. He basically said, you know, our, our, our strength is in our diversity. Um, you know, it's not our equipment, you know, it's, it's our diversity. Well, yeah. that, that is the, the worst, you know, bumper sticker I've ever heard. Our strength is in our diversity. No, your strength's not in your diversity. Your strength is in your strength. Your strength is Absolutely. in now. I understand what he's saying. His his the idea is just like the old adage of two heads are better than one. All right, you get more ideas, and if 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 you have two people who think identically, you're going to get one idea. Okay, if you have two people who think differently, you're going to get probably two ideas, and then you can hash it out and figure out how to how to merge them and get the best. So I understand the idea or the concept. Um, that the problem is, are we talking about 
diversity of ideas? Are we talking about diversity of experience? Are we talking about diversity of, of biology or diversity of you know, biology, I guess, being skin color as well? Um, and so anyway, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt your flow there, but I just want to set the stage for there is a strategic document and, a, and a plan called Talent, Ma Talent Management 2030. You can look it up. Yep. Um, and, and this is what is the plan for the Marine Corps going forward. And one of the big tenants in there is the diversity feature, which started with, and I'll turn it over to you, Tubuku, it started with uh, bringing women into combat roles. Yeah, that um, uh, Talent 2030 goes right along with um, the Force Structure 2030 that Berger put out. Force Structure 2030 that Berger put out is aligned with the Chairman Joint Chiefs of Staff Force Structure for the Department of Defense. All the military chiefs have to come up with a force structure that meets the Chairman Joint Chiefs of Staff's goals for 2030. Those strategic plans include how you how you are going to, to meet the chairman joint chief staff goals for force 2030 and how you're going to realign your forces if you're going to realign your forces and why you're going to realign your forces the way you're going to realign them this started started back with um barack obama with this diversity shit putting fucking women on navy ships and putting fucking women in ranger school now i've heard the argument that well, we had two, two, we had two females who graduated Ranger School. Well, yeah, they graduated Ranger School, <clears throat> but the inside story on that is, <laughs> whenever they got their periods, they were allowed to go back topside and hang out while they had their period, while their male counterparts were still in the field doing push-ups and sit-ups in North Carolina swamp mud. They were allowed to do fewer sit-ups, fewer pull-ups. Their times were adjusted for the ruck. That's not holding the same standard. It's just not. Period. Full stop. At no point in combat, at no point in combat, can a male go, you know what? My ass hurts today. I don't think I want to fight. I think I need to go topside. It doesn't work like that. That's not a combat environment. That's not the way the Marine Corps works. The Marine Corps is built from 10 November 1775 to today. The Marine Corps is built on an, a warrior ethos. Young men who join the Marine Corps are not the same kind of young men who join the Army or the Air Force. Young men who join the Marine Corps join the Marine Corps because they know that if they want, they want to fight, that's the place to be. If they want to get up close and personal, locate close with, destroy the enemy by firing close combat, the Marine Corps is the place to be, not the Army, not the Air Force. The Air Force is a technological juggernaut. Outside of TACTs and PJs. Pararescue jumpers. Pararescue jumpers. Maybe security forces. The Air Force doesn't fire a weapon. Everything they do is behind a keyboard. Navy so, pretty much the same way outside of the field. So, so let, me, let, me, let me walk you through here. Because one of the issues here, and, and you mentioned this, is uh, the Marine Corps, I think, is, is eroding its combat effectiveness to some degree i think uh you and i had talked maybe offline about the fact that they're sort of working themselves out of a job like essentially they they won't even be needed and the reason i bring that up you just mentioned how the air force you know it's very a lot of technical skills with, with the exception of uh, a few mos's they're you know they're generally not direct combat troops and so one interesting thing uh that Berger is on the record saying is that 
um, the Marines want to shake its quote manpower model that has historically prized youth, physical fitness, and discipline over education, training, and technical exactly. skills. And what Berger's saying is under the new plan, the Corps is going to move to, to a quote more intelligent, physically fit, cognitively mature, and experienced unquote uh, skill set. Now, my question is number one, you know, if the Air Force is already doing that, so to speak, right, they already have highly technical skill. Number one, why does the Marine Corps need to do that, right? They're not filling a gap. Number two, how are you supposed to get cognitively mature 17 and 18-year-old recruits? You don't. Or you don't <laughs> right. They're right. not. The, the, right. The, Mar the Marine Corps were, were the hard guys. They were the guys that they literally wanted. They were the grunts. They wanted to go out into the field and they wanted to kill, <laughs> you know, well, and they wanted to be tougher than everybody else. Absolutely. You don't, you don't sugarcoat that shit. Combat is a nasty business that doesn't get fought with a keyboard. That doesn't get fought. Combat gets combat gets fought by hard men who have absolutely no problem whatsoever putting two in the chest and one in the head. Combat is a nasty business. The only way that you effectively take an enemy position is you put grunts on the ground and they go get they go take it. Look, the Air Force is the same way, Joe. The Air Force has got all the te they're a technological juggernaut. If you go to the National Reconnaissance Office, who runs that place? The Air Force. They design, build, engineer, launch, drive, and maintain all overhead reconnaissance assets. That's so, the Air Force's job. So they, playing the devil's advocate for a second, Tubaku, um, Berger would also say that the Marine Corps was built to be somewhat of a self-contained crisis response force. So meaning that they didn't rely on joint support. They didn't, they, they didn't play one specific role, but that they were basically a quick reaction force that you could send in that could basically so, do the mission themselves. So, so keep making my point over there, Joe. <laughs> that, that, that's burgers talking out of both sides of his ass. You can't tell me that you're going to have a, a sexually, racially, whatever bullshit, diverse force that's not going to rely anymore on, you know, you know, studs picking up an M4 and getting after it. You're going to cognitively mature. That's bullshit. The, and, and, and you know what? The Marine Corps is self-contained right now. Well, not mm -hmm. anymore, actually. You can't even say that anymore. The Marine Corps used to be a self-contained crisis response force. There are seven MUs in the Marine Corps, seven Marine Expeditionary Units. At any given time, there are two Muse on float anywhere in the world that can respond within six hours of a crisis. Six hours. Now think about that. Six hours, the Marine Corps can bring a battalion and eight combat regiments to bear on a problem. Why? Because the Marine Corps is singly integrated with a, what's called MAGCAP, Marine Air Ground Task Force. The Corps on a Mew has armor, Artillery, air, infantry, intelligence, special operations capabilities, landing capabilities, logistics capabilities, everything that you need to be a single integrated force floats on a mu. In six to seven, sometimes nine ships. What Berger has done is said, hey, guess what? We don't need tanks anymore. We don't need armor mm -hmm. and we don't need artillery. You know what we need? We need rockets. We need drones. 
Well, it's interesting. Well, bullshit. Yeah. well it's interesting you say that. Um, yeah, in 2020, he was on the record saying that he wanted to cut the size of the Marine Corps and let go of legacy systems, which I think, you know, a lot of people have focused in on the tanks. The quote was, and I'm not sure if this was his, his quote or, or the, you know, the article editorializing a little bit, but they said he wanted to turn the, the Corps into a commando-like infantry force with nimbler weapons like drone squadrons. My point is, okay, well, number one, are you trying to make the Marine Corps just a, a special operations unit? And if so, why, if we already have that? I mean, if you're trying to basically scale down the Marine Corps where you just have very, very specific, um, you know, nimble units, then number one, that's not the Marine Corps anymore. Right. Right. Number two, why can't you just integrate? I mean, you already have special operations components in the Marine Corps. So if you want a nimble uh, unit that can go in with drone squad, just, just put that in there. Why do you need to? Why do you need to deconstruct the entire well, he historical purpose? What he's what he's doing is he's taking combat effectiveness and the ability to project power out of the hands of the new commander. You're, you're absolutely right, Joe. Every mu has a force reconnaissance company in the mu. Force reconnaissance. I don't want to give you a history lesson of force reconnaissance, but force oh yes, you oh yes you do. Force force reconnaissance <laughs> was born out of out of the Raiders. The for, force reconnaissance was established in 1957, whenever they, you know, at Korea. Oh well, we don't really need you know force recon anymore, and and then they they started looking around at what was going to be the next war. Vietnam was getting ready to kick off. They were looking at what was happening to the French. They said, holy shit, yeah, we do need force recon. So force recon was established via legislation in 1957 as the first special operations force. Force reconnaissance and the Marine Corps invented vertical envelopment. Vertical envelopment, for you guys who don't know what vertical envelopment it means, that means helicopter warfare. It wasn't the air cav. It wasn't any of that bullshit. It wasn't the SEALs. It was force recon in Korea that, that invented vertical envelopment where I take a helicopter and I land special operations guys 50, 60 miles behind enemy lines to create hate and discontent to prepare the battle space. That was the Marine Corps did that in, in Korea. In World War II, the Marine Corps invented special amphibious warfare with the Raiders. The Marine Corps invented high-altitude, low-opening halo, if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. All, that was, all that was invented by the Marine Corps. And every time that, that a conflict drew down, all the other services said, what? That's some cool shit. We got more money. We're going to take that over. Let me ask you a question. So if we're thinking about the next war, I mean, I can't imagine anybody listening to this doesn't think that China is involved in the next war. And so when you think about what would a war with China look like, we know it's unrestricted. We talked about that. It's going to be in cyber. It's going to be everywhere. We've got, we've got, obviously we've got the NSA. We've got Army Cyber Command. We've got, I mean, we've got all kinds of different components that can deal with individual pieces we got space force to deal with the, the space uh component of it so we've got all these different if we're talking about a joint force which i mean really that's what the military has has evolved to over the right. last 50 or so years we went from having services that uh, not that we didn't they didn't work together of course but services that would basically go to war to a a joint force right we've, that's what we've been doing um so the question is you know why do we get rid of tanks and what benefit is there? Well, one, I guess there's, there's cost because it's, it costs a lot of money and there's a lot of logistics to moving sure, tanks, getting them in. They're heavy. They're heavy. It, so the second thing is 
you have to imagine that a war with China would, there would be a huge naval element to that, right? We're talking about islands, we're talking about coasts. Uh, do we, I mean, there's no chance we're invading China. No, we're not. Gonna so I guess, China. so I guess, the, I guess the question, just to be fair, if we think that the, you know, devil's advocate here, if we think that the future war really is with China, is there a place where we need those tanks? Now we can talk about Russia. That's a whole separate thing. Um, I could see maybe more more application uh, for tanks in Russia, but in China or wh where? I guess where would be the application for tanks in a war with China? China's doctrine is not only to build these false man-made islands and put artillery and infantry garrisons on these islands, but their doctrine is also to take over smaller islands that are also established, and and of course you know Taiwan's definitely in their crosshairs. So they're building these literal islands. They're taking over smaller islands. They're putting infantry garrisons on. They're recruiting. They want a, a one billion man army by 2030. Billion. With a B. Billion. Now, if I go back and, and, and Berker wants to talk about history of the Marine Corps, we want to go back and we want to become, you know, the Naval Landing Force again. Okay, sir. No problem. Well, let's have a look at that. Uh, Pre-World War II, who seized islands off, off, the main, off their mainland? Who put infantry garrisons on islands off their mainland to establish a perimeter around their coastline? Who uh, seized islands hundreds of miles from their mainland to establish a forward, deployed, a forward perimeter off of their mainland? Japan. How did we take those islands? How did we get them back? We got them back by what? Amphibious warfare. In Peleliu? The tank was a critical component to winning Peleliu and Tarawa. There was no way to get naval gunfire accurate enough to get inside those caves, inside those mountains, to take out Japanese infantry. It had to be done by tanks, and it had to be done by infantrymen in support of armor, and yeah. armor in support of infantry. Well, now, now that you and now that you mention, you know, mountain and, and land barriers i think you know there's the application answering some to some degree my own question uh you know the border with india i mean if we get into a skirmish with china i think i think it's world war three there's there's no way all the other nations don't get involved and so india a big you know competitor slash enemy with china you're gonna you're gonna see uh india try and take ground I mean, if if either in coordination with us or just separately if china's engaged in battle with us let's say in the islands, um, why would India not take that opportunity to regain some of that that control of their border? Us not having tank squadrons, I don't know. Do, do the Indians have tanks? Do they need them? Uh, uh, the, 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 Chinese, have the Chinese have built tanks for for those for those mountains. Well, the, the Chinese is interesting. You want to go up against an enemy, your main fighting force, your first force to hit the ground, your first force to engage the enemy, according to your doctrine, according to the Mu doctrine. Is the Marine Corps. You want the Marine Corps to conduct literal combat. L-I-T-T-O-R-A-L, literal, mm -hmm. as an island wolf. But before you send us into the fight, you take away all of our tanks and all of our, our, all of our artillery in place, and you want to replace it with rockets and drones, and you want us to fight an enemy with 20 tank divisions already fielded and 20 more on the way. That's the enemy you want us to fight. So you want light infantry and rockets and drones to attack 40 divisions of heavy armor. In what scenario does the Marine infantryman survive that? 
is there any is there any anything that can be replaced from from the air not i don't mean drones but i mean like actual you know jets and and you have the f-35 right so the f-35 is a vertical takeoff and landing just like the the aviate the harrier two jump jet that was a requirement that the, that the marine corps wasn't it wasn't burger that put that requirement on thank god you know he probably would have said oh no we don't really need a jet at all but we do have the f-35 but the f-35 by itself by itself cannot bring a combined arms joe the beauty of the marine corps the way the marine corps works is the marine corps always has the ability to put the enemy in a combined arms dilemma and what do i mean by combined arms dilemma when you have when you have the ability to put the enemy in a combined arms dilemma you have infantry you have artillery you have armor you have air and you have special operations the enemy doesn't know from which vector you're going to attack them, and you can attack them from all vectors. Now you give the enemy a choice. Am I going to sit here all day and get pounded by tanks, air, and artillery, or am I going to expose myself to the most lethal rifleman in the world and get shot in the head? That's a combined arms dilemma. Well, let, so let's let's go. So I'm going to stop and, and, and bring it back to the the burger issue of like what what decision making he's making because you talk about you know the best rifleman well here here's a here's a problem here's a stat for you something like seventy five percent of marines are leaving at the end of their four year term it's they are. the highest turnover so are they scaling down because they just can't keep up the recruiting like is this is this like a little bit of a let's just uh you know bring down the size of the marine corps is that a way to sort of end run the fact that they can't get new recruits in there that's always been a dilemma for the Marine Corps recruiting. You know, offline, that I'm, I've, I've been involved in the recruiting process for a little while now. And on a personal note, I've been involved in the recruiting. Mm-hmm. The Marine Corps is struggling to get recruits because of Berger's policies. Guys look look around mm-hmm. and they go, they go, wait a minute, I'm going to go to Paris Island and I might get put into 4th Recruit Training Battalion with women and women DIs. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Or, I, or wait, I want to be a tank. You tell me I can't do tanks? Fine, I go to the Army. You know, I want to be in the infantry. Wait, you're scaling down the infantry? Even the, if you look at the, at the recruiting efforts by the Raider battalions, the Raider battalions are hurting for guys to come over and try to be Raiders. Mm-hmm. They are in desperate need. You can see it in their recruiting efforts, man. They are everywhere all the time doing Raider, Raider assessment. You know what the problem is? Drillers, uh, excuse me, recruiters are having to send kids to boot camp who aren't physically fit enough mm-hmm. to pass Raider selection mm-hmm. or freaking recon selection. <laughs> they may not even be fit enough to pass just general infantry. Well, that's what they're doing now. The, the biggest complaint from drill instructors Back to recruiters, stop sending me kids that aren't physically fit enough to mm-hmm. pass the IST. Mm-hmm. Because here's what happens, boys and girls. Whenever you get, whenever you go to recruiter and you sign up to be in the Marine Corps, no matter what your MOS is, you enter what's called the pool. The pool, then you have in the pool, you have a bunch of pool leads. In in with the pool leads, they they're supposed to come to PT all the time. The reason that they do that is because when you get to Paris Island or San Diego, 
the very first thing that happens is you take what's called an IST, an initial strength test. If you can't pass it, you get to take it three days later. If you can't pass it, guess what? You get a general discharge under honorable conditions. You're going home. Period, full stop, you're out. You get another shot at it six months later, but that's your last shot. The biggest complaint that DIs are having to recruiters is stop sending me kids who can't pass the freaking ISTs. Well, that's why they're just going to start modifying the, now, the fitness now you don't requirements. Have to pass the IST. You don't need to pass the IST. When you start, whenever, if you tell me I'm a, I'm a football player, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a free safety middle linebacker and I'm used to hitting people. That's what I do. And I joined the Marine Corps and you tell me I'm going to force recruit training battalion and I'm going to be trained by women mm-hmm. and I'm going to be trained with women. And then I'm going to the infantry and I'm going to have women in it. This is not, this is not too Boku. This is national public radio. No conservative outlet. That no. You cannot, you cannot reasonably say that national public radio is a conservative outlet. No. National Public Radio concludes combat teams less effective when they included women. All male teams and crews outperformed by 93% mixed gender teams and crews. 93%. When you add women to the combat, to an infantry unit to perform combat tasks, the combat effectiveness of that unit goes down. By ninety three percent. Think about that. So, all right. So, so a couple of the major issues here uh, that you have with with General Berger. Number one, basically forcing or trying to trying to wedge women into combat roles and and reducing the combat effectiveness of the Marine Corps. So that's like number one issue for you. Number two is you know restructuring and getting rid of tanks uh, and other elements of the Marine Corps that you believe are absolutely critical or necessary for the Marine Corps to complete its, its traditional role, which is literal warfare. Absolutely. No question about it. If you, don't forget that. Don't, don't get me wrong. Marines performed in Afghanistan and Iraq. We performed up to 600 miles from the coast mm-hmm. for an amphibious warfare unit. Being able to perform up to 600 miles from the coastline, that just speaks to the combat effectiveness of those devil dogs that were taking it to the enemy. So we can perform anywhere. We don't, we don't have to perform on the coast. True. You put, you put Marines anywhere, anywhere in, in a combat situation and they're going to win. Well, and even more to the case, I mean, if that's, if that's true and, 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 you know, the Marine Corps is being expected to do much more traditional land warfare than even more need for tanks, <laughs> Absolutely. right? Especially in rugged, rugged terrain, which is typically, where it's being fought. I mean, unless we're talking about urban warfare, maybe, you know, in, in urban scenarios, obviously tanks have, have a little less place, but if you're talking about uh, rural areas of, of China, if you're talking about, you know, the Himalayas or the borders with India, if you're talking about um, hell, even parts of South America where, you know, if you have a war with China, I mean, it, it, it will be a global war. So yeah, I mean, who, who's going to do that? Now, if, if, if Berger's point is, well, look, we already got tanks, we got the army Marine Corps doesn't need them. We're a joint fighting force or joint military, you know, we'll just bring in army, army tanks when we need that. And they'll support the Marine Corps. Is that more of a reasonable argument? That well, so maybe... lift though, right? Mm-hmm. When you have, when you have a mute on float, you already have armor on the mute and you can deploy that armor in six hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you're going to call it the army and you're going to say, Hey man, uh, we need some tanks. Then the Army calls it the Air Force. 
calls up the military mm-hmm. airlift command. Hey, dude, we need some C fives because we got to put some we got to put some tanks in support of the Marine Corps. Would there be an opportunity to have a more integrated joint joint force where you know an army tank unit is basically embedded with an MEU? So instead of it being a Marine tank division, you just have Army tank division built in there. No, because you don't have the same you don't have the same culture. You don't have this mm-hmm. look, guys hear this all the time, culture, culture, culture. Culture is critical to the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps culture look. This is the other thing this leads us into the next where Berger wants to we're gonna have a diversity of skill sets and the diversity. Berger actually said that his plan is if you are a high school graduate or a GED, or you have a GED, and you've been working in the IT field for a couple of years, you're just not happy. Well, boys and girls, come on down to the Marine Corps, yeah. and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna we're gonna issue your uniforms, and we're gonna make you a gunnery sergeant. And you know what? You don't have to go to boot camp. Right. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna cut your pay fifty percent. We're gonna yell at you. Uh, but you don't have to go to boot camp. Oh, they're not going to get yelled at. That's yeah. the whole point. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true, camp. right? Yeah, it'll, it'll be like an office in, job. They're going to bring in right. 20-year-old kids, mm-hmm. make them an E7. You know how long it took me to make E7? Right. <laughs> yeah. They don't have to go to boot camp. They don't have to go through school of infantry. They don't have to go through an A school. They go straight into being coders or whatever, dude, and they're already gunnery sergeants. And on the flip side of that, if you have a, a college degree in computer science, come on in. You don't have to go to OCS. You don't have to go to TBS. We're going to make you a major and put you in charge. Mm-hmm. Make give me a fucking break. You, there is no possible way that you're going to put pink hair, purple hair, freaking nose ring, little freaking snowflakes that have been living in mommy's basement wearing their snug and eating s'mores you know, for the last fucking 10 years and you're going <laughs> to drop them in, you're going to drop them into Marine Corps yeah. and you're going to have some freaking 20 year old kid who's been to Marine Corps six months and he's a fucking gunnery sergeant. And you really believe that some salty ass corporal who's freaking getting ready to do his, his second enlistment is right. going to take orders from that asshole. Well, that and not the other thing is, I think, yeah, I think the other thing is, I mean, you know, people that are, that are gung ho, people that want to join the Marine Corps, I mean, they may not have those skills yet, but I don't know. Why can't you train them in those skills? I mean, you already have multiple MOSs. I mean, I mean, you, you know, you have, you have, you take aptitude tests, you take, you know, some people have a uh, high aptitude for languages. They send them to language school. Some people have high aptitude for, you know, physical fitness and tactical stuff. They might push exactly. them more towards the Raiders. So, I mean, exactly. you know, really, I, I don't understand why you need to go out now. If they're, if they're having a shortage of, of people who have those skills, I understand maybe some targeted recruiting campaigns, but yeah, exactly. you still should be a Marine. I mean, a rifleman first that, you know, but that's uh, the whole, that, that's, that, that's what Berger's doing to our core. Berger's yeah. destroying that core component of the Marine Corps. Every Marine, a rifleman right now, you join the Marine Corps, your pipeline is you get recruited, you go to Mets, you go to boot camp. After boot camp, you go to school of infantry. Every single marine follows that pipeline every let, let, single marine follows all right that let, let's earn our let's let's earn our press here man let's let's make some news 
let me ask you oh, two questions. First, if General Berger were listening to this, what would you what would you say to him? What would you suggest to him? Fucking stop. Fucking all stop right now, sir. You are fucking destroying the Marine Corps. We need to get back to the traditions of being Marines. Let the Army and the Air Force worry about the friggin' computer technology and let them worry about the drones and the rockets. That's not what Marines do. That is simply not what Marines do. I get it. Marines have a cyber. You put Marines in cyber command. But at the end of the day, we're riflemen. That's what we, we joined the Marine Corps to be riflemen. Every Marine a rifleman. Do you know that they've actually changed the friggin' rifle qualification course and they think it's better? I don't know. Tom will tell on that. But you no longer you no longer have to hit the bullseye. If your shot would have been effective. Oh yeah. Right. It's just effective. Yeah, they call it combat shooting, basically. Yeah. Yeah. If your yeah. shot would have been effective, then you pass. Right. Well, Tom will tell on that. Um whether or not that's gonna be an effective strategy. Right. But yeah, I mean I think yeah, I mean I, I I get that, but you know, a lot of that shooting is is um fixed and when you get into combat you're not necessarily getting take fixed shots all the time you're moving there's a lot of stuff going around so if you're not highly accurate right you increase that margin of error and now you add in additional variables that margin of error starts to spread and now your shots aren't actually effective in combat i would also i would also say what is the enemy doing to prepare for war with a we mm-hmm. we already know we've seen your twenty thirty. We already know what you what we, what you think you're doing to prepare to, for war with the enemy. What's the enemy doing to prepare for war with us? And are we matching that? Mm-hmm. Are we matching that in aggressiveness, and physical fitness, combat effectiveness? Are we matching that? And I would say that we're absolutely not matching that. There is no possible way that Soviet Spesnoks is allow women to go to go to freaking mm-hmm. to training. That's just not happening. The Soviet infantry, the what I call them Soviet, the Russian infantry is no possible way to allow women in the infantry. Chinese, the U, no, they're not prepared that. They're preparing for all-out warfare. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what would you say? So, what would you so so your suggestion to Berger would be stop with the integration of women in combat units. That's your first suggestion. First suggestion is stop with the women of, with in integration of combat units. The second suggestion would be. Stop with the pink, pink, and purple, pink and purple-haired snuggies being able to join the Marine Corps without going through boot camp. They're not Marines. So what no, can they do? No what Marine can they do to accept in- them as Marines? So two questions then: What can they do to increase recruiting? Because I think that's clearly an issue, and I, I don't know what's in their head. I don't know if they're looking for a loophole. So if you if you basically you know expand the you know lower the criteria, expand the uh, you know start allowing purple hairs in. Uh, now you can hit your recruiting goals. But uh, what can they do if, if if they go by your standard and say, no, we want traditional standard. We're not we're not bringing all these people in. We need Marines that are willing to be Marines, want to be Marines. How do they how do they increase the recruiting capability? How do we get if there if there's an 18 year old kid, we know that, you know, 18 to 30 or whatever that listen to the show. How do we get them interested in serving in the Marine Corps? You recruit them with traditional Marine Corps roles. If I'm trying to recruit you to be a keyboard commando and the Army recruiter down the way and the Air Force recruiter down the way, it's like, yeah, um, you can be a keyboard commando here, but you don't have to go to Paris Island. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to get yelled at or screamed at. And, you know, you're going to get the 
you know, have work, you're going to get to eat at chow halls where we have, you know, gourmet chef. You can't compete with that. Mm-hmm. The Marine Corps simply can't compete with that. What the other services cannot compete with is, hey, we're going to send you to Paris Island. We are going to strip you of everything that you think you are, and we're going to build you into an indestructible man. That's what Marine, the Marine Corps builds indestructible men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would argue if you're okay having a small force, why not just have a small force of, well, of that's super the, alpha traditional guys that, I mean, sorry, but they're dogs of war. I mean, that's absolutely. what we're making with them, you know? The, the Marine Corps, TO, the TO operational is called trained to operate. The TO strength of the Marine Corps has traditionally been between 90 and 125,000. Mm-hmm. Right? So the Marine Corps is fat and happy right now. Right, got a lot, got a lot of Marines that aren't in infantry MOSs, and we're losing a lot of Marines who are in infantry MOSs. And I would argue, just based on what I've been told by guys who are leaving the Corps, I know a, a guy right now who's a staff sergeant in Weapons Platoon, who's leaving the Marine Corps. Twelve years in, he's leaving the Marine Corps because of the direction he sees it going. So mm-hmm. now you have a senior staff NCO with multiple combat tours in Afghanistan and Iraq, leaving the Marine Corps because of the direction he sees it going. Yeah, and we, we won't even get into the 3,000 Marines that are getting pushed out for not, not taking the, the clot shot. The Marine Corps, was Uncle Sam's misguided children, the Marine Corps has always yeah. been that branch of the service that is irreverent and pushes back. Mm-hmm. And the Marine Corps doesn't go along to get along, but that's part of the Marine Corps' History as part mm-hmm. of the ethos. Mm-hmm. General Lejeune wrote a letter uh, as he was leaving office about how the Marine Corps should, should go forward. And one of the things that he talked about was the beauty of the Marine Corps is that the officers and it, the officer corps and the enlisted corps of the Marines have such a tight bond with one another. It's not like the Army or the Air Force where the officer is superior in every way and you know you're his slave and you'll do their bidding in the marine corps isn't that way officers are more of the big brother or the father figure and they 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 guide your young marines that's the relationship that's the relationship with every officer i've ever had in the marine corps that was the relationship i had that's the way they're trained at ocs all right so let's let's ask let me ask you the next question why and and be 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 fair about it but why do you think burger in particular is doing this and i'll give you a couple of options i mean you can stray from them you know one is it's just a just a fundamental disagreement he 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 sees the future of the marine corps being one way and that's you know it's it's just a disagreement for in a from a tactical perspective uh how how you accomplish this preparation for the next war and you guys just disagree, and he's the general, so he wins. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> or, or, or the second one is there's something more sinister about it. I don't know. I don't even know what the other options are. But I mean, do you think? Do you think that he is trying to destroy the Marine Corps intentionally? I think that he sees the destruction of the Marine Corps, and he's going along with. I, I, I think that he sees where Millie and Austin want to go with the Marine Corps and they eventually want the Marine Corps to disappear and have its forces integrated into the army. Um, and I think that Berger sees that. 
and I think that he's going along to get along because he doesn't want to make any waves. So you think it's just a, at the end of the day, you think it's just a turf battle. The army wants to wants to take over everything, and so you know basically they'll just weaken weaken the marines a little bit at a time, make them kind of a special unit that ends up getting integrated in to the navy or the army or or somewhere else. Well, he's already said as much, man. Berger's already said that as much as integrated back into the Navy, whenever you hear him talk about mm-hmm. integrating back in, he even said integrating back into the Navy, mm-hmm. right? And what does he want to do with the infantry? He wants the infantry to serve as security guards on naval installations. And yeah. then all the, the, the actual combat will be conducted by Raiders and recon. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, brother. You only got, 250, 300 force reconnaissance Marines and fewer Raider Marines. Mm-hmm. How are they going to conduct that? How are they going to conduct that combat? How's it going to work with, mm-hmm. with, with rockets and drones? Is that how it works? Okay. So let's go to, let's go to black. Let's go to Sergeant major black. What role does he play in this? And, and, you know, the guy's got, uh, you know, a chest full of medals. I mean, he's, he's served a he lot does. of combat. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything bad to his face, but why would he allow this to happen to his core? Is it just is it just um, job security? Is it just well, it's part of his job security. I mean, part of his job is the the, the 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 role of the sergeant major of the Marine Corps is to be senior military advisor to the commandant. He's not going to get asked, "Hey, sergeant major, what do you think about this?" You know, and when he right. is asked, "Hey, sergeant major, what do you think about this?" He has a responsibility to say, sir, that's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. Mm-hmm. Right? And, as and, then, an 03, and then what? And, and, and then as an 0331, yeah. he has to believe, sir, that's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. But, but Berger Black, doesn't have to listen. But Berger doesn't have to listen. To say it all, Black doesn't have to tolerate, he doesn't have to support anything that the commandant says. All Black has to do is throw his rank on the table. That's it, mm-hmm. sir. I'm dropping my papers. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't support where you're taking the Marine Corps. Yeah. And, and not, I think that's, I think that's what we're not, we're not seeing enough is people willing to, to stand up against it. And well, so if you saw you, what happened to Lieutenant Colonel Schiller, as yeah. soon as he stood up and started to push back, because yeah. don't forget Lieutenant Colonel Schiller had tried to talk up to the chain of command. Mm-hmm. He had tried to address his issues mm-hmm. and nobody would listen. Yeah. And as soon as he spoke out, you saw what happened to him. The full force of the Department of Defense got dropped on him. Do we know where he is nowadays? Nah, I, mean, do we I haven't know heard where since, he, since he was court-martialed. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't heard. But that's in the Marine Corps, you're supposed to be able to speak up. That's always been the tradition of the Marine Corps. Now, you don't humiliate you know, your company commander or your platoon mm-hmm. commander. You don't do that. Now, you know, as a senior NCO, senior staff NCO, I've more than once pulled an officer to the side and said, sir, that's a dumb fucking idea. Just mm-hmm. all due respect, sir. That's mm-hmm. a dumb fucking idea. Yeah, and you just got to say all due respect, sir, and you can say whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. <laughs> we know how that works. And we need to find a way to back <laughs> out of that because it's not going to work. All right. Every single time, I've, the response I've always gotten back is, how would you do it? Mm-hmm. So let me hear. So what? What I think that's that the give I think, take. that's the give yeah. take. Yeah. And and that's that's the tradition of the Marine Corps. And I I see I see. I mean I get it. Sergeant Major Blacks. You know he's he's on the tail end of his career. This is it. He's going to drop his papers. He's going to retire at the top of his craft. You know Sergeant Major Marine Corps. Don't get any better than that. 
you know, Berger's going to retire as commandant of the Marine Corps. Doesn't get any better than that. And then whatever happens to the Marine Corps in the future, hey, you know what? They don't really give a shit. But if that's but if that's true, so devils we have. But if that's true, why not just leave it the way it is? I mean, if you're just if you're just trying to to, to manage and, and get your legacy, you know, I mean, you know, or or are they looking are they looking to be seen in the record books as the the people that remade the Marine Corps? I mean, they must if that's true, they must really believe this is going to work because if if they put their reputation, their entire career on, hey, we got to get women in combat roles, and then we actually get into a, a new war and you know, you're, com- you're, you're getting destroyed, you know, you're getting destroyed by the enemy or, w- or women are, are, are being right. killed in battle on, on a higher, higher proportion than men or whatever, whatever that is, right. If it doesn't go well, you're not going down in history as a, you know, as a thought leader, you're going down well, as a person who made the biggest mistake in military history. Well, I mean, uh, well, I, I would ask it this way. What commandant's names do you know who were stewards of the Marine Corps customs, curses, and traditions and held the Marine Corps line and advocated for the Marine Corps to stay exactly the way it is. What are their names? Mm-hmm. There you go. So, so you think it's just ego? They just want to make a mark? <laughs> Brother, you know how I feel about this. Uh, <laughs> I think not only Burger, but as much as it pays me to say it, Mattis and Kelly, they all fall victim to the flagpole. Every single time you have to start serving in Washington, that you're going to, you're meeting with congressional committees, you're meeting with congressmen in their offices privately, you're going to private parties, you're being wined and dined and schmoozed and promised friggin' seats on the boards of directors of, you know, defense contractors. It ends up corrupting these guys who are Mattis. I mean, Mattis is a stone-cold warrior. Brother traveled everywhere he went. He traveled with Caesar's commentaries and Marcus and Marcus Aurelius. This guy's a, he's a stone. Now, I think that he might have read too many of Caesar's commentaries and thought everybody was the, the Gauls or the Franks. But, right. you know, <laughs> but. These guys were warriors. So what's what's the solution? What's the solution to that? Do you when, these when guys, they you know, general them. officers they, they got to go out and, and and be in the field every two years? Well, you get all oh, you get general officers who absolutely refuse to go to DC. But you got to have somebody in DC. Well, you, right? you I mean, got to have somebody. So do you just do you just have to filter them? You have to rotate them through more more frequently. Don't let them get comfortable. Don't let them build those relationships. Do you put do you put some well, type of restriction on post service uh, employment? I mean, what, I how do you solve to, this? Well, Joe, I think they have to have those relationships. It is it is unfortunately they have to have those relationships because it's all about funding. It's all about getting that congressional committee to fund whatever it is you want to do. So, do you think that that plays any role in their cal- in Burger's calculation? Like, hey, look, I can't, I can't keep fighting to get the money to support tank divisions, but tank battalions, whatever. Like, it's just easier if we're if we're a small force. We don't need as much money. We don't have to fight as much. We, you know, it's just easier. I mean, is that part of the calculation? It's just because I mean, you know, everything always comes down to money. Like, oh, you know absolutely. what I mean? At the end of the day, so is it just is it just easier not to have to sit and beg and compete with? gargantuan budget owners like the army 
Well, yeah, you're never going to compete, but that's not the strength of the Marine Corps, right? The strength of the Marine Corps is not that we have 1.2 million dudes in uniform. Mm-hmm. That's not the strength. Of, the strength of the Marine Corps is we are a small elite mm-hmm. fighting unit, and that is what we do. We fight. Yeah. We don't. We don't fly drones. I get it. Drones have their place. Look, drones you know, you know, I'm not a huge. Drones. I'm not a huge guy. I was always told it's the size. It's the the size of the fight and the dog not the size of the dog in the fight. And Absolutely. I think that that is exactly the analogy for the Marine Corps is that you had guys that were willing to go to the death, hand-to-hand combat, toughest guys out there. Not to say, of course, yeah, there's tough people in other branches, but but as a general rule, the Marine Corps was made up of fighters. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and so you didn't need the best equipment. And even Berger even said, oh, our strength isn't in the equipment that we have. Because everybody knows the Marine Corps always has, you know, substandard equipment, right? You oh, never get the newest, coolest stuff, right? And even the special operations community, it's, you know, the, the, the Raiders aren't getting all the cool stuff, man. The SEALs are getting all that stuff right now. That's true. Force reconnaissance doesn't get shit. No, you got to, you got to, you got re- to rely on just, you know, brute strength, right? Just, but that's the whole, so that, but that's the, the Marine Corps is made up. It starts fire teams, squads, and platoons. Mm-hmm. That's the way the Marine Corps fights. Fire team, you can have a fire team leader. This is a freaking 19-year-old Lance Corporal, and he's making combat decisions in the heat of combat. That's what the Marine, the Marine Corps pushes decision-making down to the lowest level possible. And that's usually your fire team leader. Mm-hmm. Now, if your fire team leader is a Lance Corporal and he gets hit, now you probably got a PFC taking over. But that's the way the Marine Corps trained. That's the beauty of the Marine. That's why you have 14 weeks of boot camp, including that, that one week of receiving. That's why you have 14 weeks at the School of Infantry. Then if, you, if you're an infantryman, you're going off to another five weeks for advanced School of Infantry. All of those things make the Marine Corps the Marine Corps. In the Marine Corps, you're a Marine, period, full stop. In the Army, you're well, I'm a tanker. Do you do you think that all, all of this stuff, you know, this weakening, you know, weakening, as you say, you know, get get rid of the heavy armor, get rid of the combat effectiveness by, you know, reducing physical standards or, you know, even even to some degree destroying that that ethos of the Marine Corps. Uh, do you think any of that has to do with an intentional weakening of the United States military? We're purging people who don't want to get the clot shot, want, don't want to get well, a, a vaccination that is proven not to work anyway. I'm glad um, you brought it around to that because that's exactly what it is, my friend. It is an absolute purge of patriots. We are purging the military of patriots. It is not unlike, in fact, it is an exact they are running the Hitler and Stalin purge playbook perfectly. If you do not acquiesce, if you do not comply, you will be purged. If you are a if you are a patriot, you will be purged. If you're not woke, you will be purged. If you don't subscribe to critical race theory, you will be purged. If you don't subscribe to taking the clot shot, you will be purged. So the question is why? And I think that's why I keep asking this question of like, it is, why it are is they cool. doing this? It's not, I, I have a hard time saying that General Berger is a communist or is a fascist, right? I, I can't imagine that's the case, but why would he go along with this? Because they're, they absolutely, these decisions, they're purging patriots. They're, they're going after quote unquote extremists for disliking, you know, for liking content or something. I mean, they're going further than they ever went. I mean, when I went into the OSO office, it was, you know, 
well, let me see your tattoos and do they have any gang affiliations <laughs> or hate affiliations? I mean, that's it, right? Exactly. And, and they would, why, why'd you get that tattoo? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I'm an idiot. I'm a kid, you know, or whatever. So, you know, I understand there's always been an interest in making sure you don't have gang members or, you know, hate group members or whatever, join them, join of the course. military. No problem there, but they're going way, way, way above and beyond. It also seems to be very, very slanted in one political ideology so is the question is the question that these guys just have a a bias that's maybe been built into them through their exposure to uh academia it's a bias that's been built into them by indoctrination into in in academia you know i keep picking on general Berger, but look at his credentials tulane where Mm -hmm. else did he go Um, he's got a he's got a master's degree from johns hopkins in international public policy which that that's always a flag to me that is a red flag for that is a red flag for woke they're indoctrinated i mean this isn't an accident and none of this is an accident and god love president trump but i have to i have to begin to a little bit question his judgment with mattis kelly and Berger. i mean he appointed these guys he appointed billy I mean, God love you, but I think he got bamboozled by the swamp. <laughs> he just, you know, he, he didn't see it coming. And these guys, none of these guys are in their, none of these guys are in their positions by accident. They were all developed. They were all shaped and molded into, they were all shaped and molded into the freaking traders that they are. Do you think, so, so, are, so you're, oh, you're, you're making news here, man. Yeah, you're making news. Do you think that they are traitors? I mean, meaning that they are betraying their country. I think that they are betraying their country. They're betraying their oath. They are providing aid and comfort to the enemy. And that that is the definition of treason. Mm-hmm. I think that that it's not an accident. These guys were put in to senior positions that placed them on the glide path to be where they are now by by Barack Obama. Do you think they're aware of that? I mean, do you think they're part of it? Uh, yeah, I think call it conspiracy, or, or do you, or do you think that these guys were selected because of some type of hubris or, um, you know, ego or whatnot that somebody identified that these guys will go along with it because they want that job and they a want little bit and of both. a little bit of both. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both. They were selected because they, when you do leadership analysis, part of leadership analysis is, Hey, is this guy valuable? Can, can, will he go along to get along just because he wants that rank? He wants that title. He wants that position. Some people are driven by, I just want to get that title. I want to be director of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You've run into guys like that, mm-hmm. right? They're driven by that achieving that title. And they will do anything and go along with anything just to achieve it for no other reason than just to achieve it. All right, but, let me but, ask you this. The so the consequence of that is that you are providing aid, you're providing aid and comfort to the enemy. You are purposely weakening the only force that stands in the breach between communism, fascism, and a republic. You yeah, because at the end of the day, it's the Marine Corps that's usually in first. And frankly, we're seeing what's happening to the big army. The, well, this stuff army, is already taken over. So if we if we if we let the Marine Corps you know, go that route, then I'm not sure that you have a fighting force left. The, the army no longer has a physical fitness test. The Air Force has a, has a fit, hasn't had a physical fitness test for years. The Navy no longer has a physical fitness test. The Marine Corps is the only branch of service left with a physical fitness test mm-hmm. and a combat fitness test. 
The other, the other, I believe the Army has a combat fitness test, but the Marine Corps is the only branch of service left with a physical fitness test and a combat physical and a combat fitness test. The physical right. fitness test is not, is not easy, but but what you're doing, the Army, you get with the Army, they're they're allowing pink hair, purple hair, they're allowing men to paint their fingernails. Their uniform standards have gone to shit. They no longer have a physical fitness test because they couldn't get they couldn't get homosexuals LGBTQ plus to fucking pass it. So they had to get they had to do away with it. In the Marine Corps, the next step is LGBTQ plus pink hair, purple hair in the Marine Corps, continuing to erode the ethos, the warrior ethos of the Marine Corps. And I keep going back to that. Joe, and I keep going back to that warrior ethos on purpose because that's what the Marine Corps does. All the right, Marine well, Corps fights, and and what Berger is doing is he's taking he's taking that fight out of the dog. The strength of the wolf is in the pack, and the strength of the pack is in the wolf, and he is neutering the wolves. There's not going to be anyone who can put up a fight. The army's not going to put. This is. I keep. I know I keep going off on this, but I keep. The, the, the Army and the Navy and the Air Force, they have already acquiesced. They have already acquiesced. They have already said, yeah, you're right. You know what? We're going to allow, if you want to join the military so you can get the taxpayer to pay for your surgery so you can get your dick cut off and have a pussy installed, no problem. Sign right here. You know, the, and the Marine Corps is going to suffer from that. Now, there's no possible way that under force structure 2030 that the Marine Corps can take on the Chinese and have a hope in hell of winning. No possible way. And I don't think that that's by accident. I think that's by design. And I think it's by design because Obama, Biden, Harris, Rice, Clinton, they are all owned by the Chinese and they all want the Chinese to dominate the globe because it benefits them financially. Ding, ding, ding. So this is this is what I've kind of been leaning towards all along. So why is all this happening? To me, it's to make sure that the United States is no longer not just the sole superpower, but is not a superpower. I think it comes down to one of two things. Either um, doing it, I, I, I'm still not sure that they're doing it in allegiance of, uh, the Chinese communist party. I think you're right. I think it has more to do with them just being compromised by either through financial blackmail or, or all of the above. Um, but either way, I think it comes down to some type of supplemental or substitute power, whether in my opinion, probably some type of global power. Um, but whether that's the Chinese or whether that's some UN type of governance, I think all of this ties into you must weaken the United States so that we don't drive global policy anymore. They're trying to destroy the currency so that we're no longer the reserve currency, which absolutely just destroys our ability to direct or, or guide global policy. You take out the military. Now we can't enforce that global policy. And now United States no longer superpower who replaces us, either some type of global governance or CCP. I would argue the CCP would win that fight every because, day because when you look at the global governance, you're talking about a handful of elites from mostly European countries 
nobody else and no other country in the world could stand up any type of force to actually repel that and the except the chinese and the chinese aren't going to allow the un to dictate global policy to them so at the end of the day the the final takeaway is that the ccp wins from all of these actions and that's my that's my my problem with all this is everything you're doing is essentially aiding the enemy the chinese communist party is the enemy 100 percent. they want to destroy us or i should say they want to subjugate us they don't want us to be gone they need us they need us to buy their stuff they need us to produce their food they need the united states now maybe one day 50 years from now they'd be fine with literally just destroying us personally and then just inhabiting the lands but they can't destroy the property they need the farmland absolutely they need the resources they need the arable land they cannot destroy the united states as a geography but they can destroy it as a as a government and as a culture and that i think is what they're doing and all of these actions that our leaders are taking 100 percent support that end period if you go if you go back to you we've talked about this guy a lot if you go back to yuri bezmanov what did he say what are the what are the institutions that you have to corrupt you have to corrupt education you have to corrupt local government. You have to corrupt the police. You have to corrupt the military. Check, check, and check. And once you've done that, you now own that country. So I would argue that Billy, Austin, Biden, I, I think that Obama and Rice are pulling the strings. It's my opinion. Agree. I think that they handpicked Berger and Black and put them in the pipeline to be where they are because they knew that they would acquiesce to whatever the hell the Chinese wanted. When you have a force that projects power anywhere around the world in six hours, and the force, or they call it what now we call it peer or near peer, if you, if the near peer force that you're going to project that power against controls the economic and financial purse strings of the globe, you can't very well put that force on the ground and tell them to annihilate the near peer force. You have to find some way to take the fight out of that dog. The way you do it is you start integrating with, with women to erode the combat effectiveness. You take away tanks and armor. You lower the standards for being part of that force. And then you take away any support that they could that they could get well said all right well let's let's wrap it up this hasn't been our our most lighthearted episode yet uh but we appreciate everybody listening i hope you learned a lot about the inner workers of the marine corps and what some of the uh the thoughts are on why some of this is happening we hope that you'll listen in uh maybe we'll have a, a little more lighthearted discussion at some point in the future but unfortunately <laughs> the world is kind of in a serious yeah. spot right now the world's and, an ugly it, place man it's in an ugly spot and, it's and, an ugly <laughs> spot and I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you have got to get on the phone with your congressman or your senator, and you have got to stop the neutering of the Marine. You're neutering the devil dogs that we could any longer go to Bella Wood and have the Germans call us devil dogs in our current state. I, I just I just don't. I, I don't think that the fight's in the Marine Corps anymore. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Part of it is, dude, we've been at war for 20 years. Brothers are tired. You know what I'm saying? The divorce rates through the roof. I mean, we're tired. Mm-hmm. I get it. But they're neutering your Marine Corps. They are neutering your Marine Corps. 
we need to put a stop to it. It's the Marine Corps. I, th- I, th- I think, I think, Tuboku, I think you're on to something. I mean, yes, we need to call congressmen, call senators. I think we also re- understand that that is not a long term fix, but sure, put some pressure on them, try and, try and slow yeah, the, the it's, pain. It's, the second thing is you got to get involved at a local level. Um, there's absolutely. a, there's a uh, precinct committee uh, movement that's going on. That's 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 asking people to get involved in their local parties, political parties, so that we can start making sure that the type of people that end up in the Congress and the Senate are good people. America first. Love this country. They're not just telling you what you want to hear to get elected. I think that's critical. And then the third thing, uh, not the third and final thing, the third thing is the orange alternative. We got to look for ways to um, to resist this kind of stuff using absurdity and silliness we've talked about that on the last episode um and then of course there's many other there's many other legs to this multi-legged stool but um you know we do need to stop it we need to inform ourselves and uh but we we 100 have to resist a lot of this this change that certainly doesn't seem science-based it certainly doesn't seem pro-america well if i could one more thing the reason i want everyone to know the reason that I'm so passionate about this is because the Marine Corps saved my life. I would be dead or in prison if it wasn't for the Marine Corps. And that's just a fact. I lost my way as a, as a young man and joined the Marine Corps as an infantryman, became a sniper and force reconnaissance Marine. The Marine Corps saved my life. I love, and only Marines understand what I'm trying to say. It is, it's a love it's a passion for the Marine Corps, what it stands for and what it does. And, and I think that the Marine Corps holds a special place in the hearts of Americans, different than the Army. I mean, the, the Army, of course, but I think the Marine Corps has a, has a special place in, in, in the American culture. And, and the American people know what we are. They know what we're about. And I don't think we're the only ones that are looking at this going, what the fuck are they doing? We can't be. I think you're right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining in on the uh, Sat Phone. Uh, We appreciate you listening in. We hope that you'll subscribe and stay tuned. Uh, We're updating new uh, episodes here and there. I really appreciate my good friend Tuboku for giving us this class on the Marine Corps and hearing his thoughts. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Out. You've been on the Sat Phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the Sad Phone on your favorite podcast service. Until the next call, out.